Welcome to the Pitch to Scale podcast, where we share the secrets from Australia's first and only angel group that specifically invests in female-led startups. In this series, we profile our scale angels and the amazing female founders we meet. Join me, your host, Samar Michaela, to explore this inspiring and thrilling investment class that offers the opportunity to shape the tomorrow we believe in. Everyone knows how painful it can be to make a claim with your insurer, but no one more so than co-founders of Handy, Christy Downs and Catherine Wood. They are on a mission to revolutionise the claims experience for insurance customers. Hmm, interesting, right? But how? Christy and Catherine have decades of experience in construction insurance respectively, having both worked at the top end of town. Whilst working together overseas, they realised their collective experience and passion was the perfect formula to solve the distrust within the insurance claims process for all parties involved. So they threw in their executive roles and built Handy, a transparent insured tech platform bringing property insurance claims into the 21st century. It's an impressive customer experience that connects great tradespeople, insurers and customers to enable easier and cheaper property insurance claims. It's no wonder they have recently secured $1.5 million of funding from Scale Investors, Greenlight Re-Innovations, a US-based insurer, and others. Handy are paving the way for much-needed innovation in this space. Welcome, Christy and Catherine from Handy. Thank you so much for joining us today for the Pitch to Scale podcast. Tell us about your business. Thanks, Ma. (laughs) Our business is uh, two and a half years old now. And it was born of, I guess, our backgrounds and a huge problem that we were both sort of confronted with in the insurance industry. And essentially what we do is we connect insurance companies and their claimants direct to trades. Tell us about how you actually came up with this idea. I I think it's a pretty interesting story. It's actually the best. Um, So (laughs) we were, uh, so I was in insurance for a good 15 odd years, um, uh, leading large, large teams of of claims handlers and sort of working, working with uh, customers to get them the right outcomes, but also working within the company to get the right claims outcomes. And uh, Christy was uh, part of my supply chain at that point where she was working as a builder. Yes, so um, my background, 10 years a director of a construction company and we were servicing the insurance industry and so working with uh, Catherine, a big insurer, and she was under these pressures to uh, reduce cost but also meet that increasing expectation of customers because customers today don't compare, you know, one insurance company with another. They they compare their insurance company with their food delivery Mm. and their bank and their, you know, everything else that happens in their lives. So they that expect... customer experience, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you, you've got a lovely triangle of balance that you need to maintain cost outcome, quality and efficiency, as well as delivering a, uh, a great customer service. And um, Christy and I happened to be in the Philippines uh, talking about this particular problem sitting in the Qantas Club Lounge, which uh, for anyone who's been in the Philippines isn't amazing. Um, (laughs) And we had this great conversation about, well, here's my pressures, here's what it is I'm trying to do, I want an on-demand service, there's got to be a way that we can collapse the supply chain. Uh, And Christy was the uh, smarty pants who said, yes, I I know the reason that we can or how we can do this. Yeah. So um, got out of Serviette and started drawing the map of, you know, the stakeholders in the industry and went, actually, these small claims that are like 
under $10,000, which is actually 80% of claims, can get done by a plumber, a carpenter, an electrician, or or a couple of those. And um, back in the day, it required a builder to to oversee all of that, whereas today technology can coordinate it. So we drew a little map and saw on the back of a a napkin um, on an airplane on the way back from the Philippines, we created Handy. So can you explain for a layman out there for a $10,000 claim, how does, or how does the, the small claims process work with your technology? So with our technology, what would happen is you would call up your insurance company or you'd jump onto the insurance company's website. You would then undertake the steps to what we call lodge your claim or, or yep. provide the, the insurance company with the right information to um, lodge your claim. The insurance company would validate the policy and that, uh, that everything was in order. You would then select three times, take some photos of the damage and you'd press a button and it would go, that request would go out to our trade network. Uh, so we onboard uh, contractors, so we verify their licence, their insurance um, and vet their um their business really and so that request would have gone out to say all the carpenters in a particular suburb and be matched and so um, the contractor pairs up with the customer and then within four minutes it is at the moment in Australia you know immediately who the company is that's coming out to um, help you repair your property Um, and you're connected via um, a chat feature and a storyboard so you at any time you can communicate with your contractor the insurance company and everybody knows what's going on throughout the whole life of the claim and the repairs. So you're essentially providing transparency over the entire process and really shortening that time and putting the power back in the customer's hands, I guess, in a way. Yep, absolutely. And cost cutting, which is really what insurance companies love. Collapsing or taking out the overheads. So what is the size of the opportunity? Uh, So in Australia, there are 500,000 claims of this size, Um, but in other markets like the US, there's 8 million. It's a big problem and it's also a global problem. So um, just like in Australia, in other markets, uh, insurance companies are needing to demonstrate value in creating this on-demand experience uh, and they're also under um, pressure from a cost perspective. So... Handy, you, you guys are our latest investment in scale, um, which we're very, very happy about. And we led to that transaction. So we're really keen to, um, or I think our audience would be really keen to understand the capital raising process for your seed investment. Um, so would you like to talk to us about that? Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> so it's, um, I think what um, everybody tells you that uh, it distracts you from your day-to-day operation. Um, and we knew that that was going to be the case, um, but we didn't anticipate, I guess, the, the, the magnitude of um, effort and energy that needed to go into it while still um, getting a business off the ground and um, also being amazing. It'd be lovely to be able to put the expectation back into our minds from back there and say, this is going to take a good three to four months yep. and it's going to take a lot of conversations yep. and a lot of people are going to say yes to you, but it's a different version of yes. So which yes is more yes than the other, yeah, I like it, you know, or yeah, I really like it. And then working out who it is that's actually makes sense that you're going to spend a lot of time with over the next couple of years. And for... Angel investing, I guess, you know, it's quite different to um, perhaps later stage investment given businesses have a track record. It's um, a bit of art and a bit of science, I think, was is what everyone sort of tends to say. So you raised one and a half million um, and that closed in July this year. 
and you're off to the US soon, is that right? Monday, yes. Yeah, great. Yeah, so Monday we fly into uh, Dallas and uh, start recruiting a contractor network over there and go live in October with our first insurance client in the US. Fantastic, congrats. Thank you. Mm-hmm. It's actually not our first foray overseas because we went over to New Zealand recently. Oh, wow. Uh, we launched in August in New Zealand. Right. And um, I think I mentioned before our pairing time with contractors is four minutes in this market. It's 38 seconds in New Zealand. Wow. For some mm-hmm. reason, the contractors are really engaged <laughs> and yeah, really want to help customers. Yeah, absolutely. Can you tell us how you decided on the raise amount, how did you figure out how much to raise? Because I think that's a it's a really big question that a lot of people, investors ask the companies. So how did you come up with the amount that you needed to raise and when are you raising next? And, you know, where do you see that? Yeah, it's, uh, I, I think that's an art and a science too. Um, part of it is actually understanding what, you, what your spend rate looks like and what your potential future spend rate looks like. So, you know, you've got to go through the budgeting process um, and get a good good understanding of what's your forecasted sales and what, what do you need from an OPEX perspective to um, achieve any of the targets that you've got. And then you've got the element of your founders, how much of your company do you really want to give away? Um, it's early stage, which means the valuation of your company's probably lower than you would like um, and so how comfortable are you with giving away what amounts for for this investment what are the milestones you hope to receive with the funding that you've just reached the first one was to go live in New Zealand, which we've now done, so that's awesome. Um, but we're really looking at spending the 1.5 on further technology development. Um, enabling us to go live in multiple markets. So the US uh, is a great example of that. We want to add additional features onto the product that um, create greater levels of stickiness with the insurance clients, but also open up new lines of revenue. Um, And then there's the uh, resources needed to support Australia whilst Christy and I go over to the US and uh, expand over there. Yeah. So we needed a really superstar team here. Uh, to, you know, really hold a strong foundation for us. Um, So we'll be backwards and forwards between the US, Australia and New Zealand. So we need a a strong foundation and team around us. So we, it's, when I say superstars, we we need that. We can't have anything short of amazing people surrounding us. And yeah, we're really pleased with the, with the team that we've got. And um, yeah, I think one of the uh, really important things to us that um, sort of missed out on Um, talking about so far is that uh, we believe that contractors actually um, deliver on the insurance company promise. So what we believe is that um, the human interaction, so when a tradie, a plumber or a carpenter turns up at the customer's house, it's that interaction between the humans that actually makes or breaks the insurance promise. And so what we've done with Handy is we've really worked with the trades to build a product technology that helps them be the best they possibly can be and empower them and be a tool to be um, awesome in an insurance experience. And we actually see that um, tech can help people um, rather than just being, um, I guess, a a tool that really empowers and enables um, change in an industry. That's actually really interesting because, I mean, every industry is under scrutiny at the moment to deliver better service and so you're looking at it from a contractor's perspective or it's particularly, I think it initially started with your, your map on the napkin, which was decompressing the cycle. And then now it's... About the humans. Yeah, about the It always comes yeah. back to humans. Yeah. 
Yeah, so interesting. Um, and that's, I think maybe that's why you're getting 38 seconds in New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're, yeah. They're a human. I, I think every time I go to New Zealand, I have the same experience. They're very yeah, progressive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they, and I think they have a real appreciation for human interaction. Not, not that we don't, but it's, um, yeah, that's awesome. Um, what does success look like for Handy? Like what, how, how would you define that? Um, I think there are different milestones of success. So success for us in the next 12 months will be to have um, our volume player on board. And, and what that creates is it creates um, a sustainable cash flow for the business that um, allows us to grow with a level of comfort. Um, beyond that, sort of at the 18-month period, I'd say is having a volume customer over in the US as well. And then after that would be expanding into um, other technology areas, uh, still within the property repair space, but in other technology areas that allow us to um, look at different markets. Like facilitate government repair work or council buildings, that kind of thing. Yeah. Through the... Um, government. Uh, we, so we got an accelerating commercialization grant, you know, via Oz Industry. And that really um, gave us, I guess, a grounding, a credibility really early in the piece. Um, and it happened around the same time as the uh, Royal Commission into insurance. Mm. And quite a lot of that was around transparency for customers. And our product does that. So when the government said, okay, look, Handy's really going to help the insurance industry really bring this transparency. And then the insurance company's like, yeah, that's true. So that yeah. <laughs> helps, yeah. you know, when it's everybody... funny. I, I think even in fintech like any tech business that is that is being plagued by royal commission or anything of the sort i mean i think even now aged care and like every every commission that is going on at the moment tech is really being looked at as an enabler yeah. to solve those transparency problems and because it really that's what it comes down to right is yeah. is the lack of transparency and um, and process for process sake <laughs> yes. rather and forgetting about the human element. So that's so great to hear that Handy is solving that insurance. I also wanted to ask you about, we were, we were talking about your capital raise before. So a question that a lot of investors um, are really keen to understand, it's, you know, a bit of art, a bit of science like we've been saying, is how did you come up with the valuation so we actually asked a lot of other people what they believed and we were actually in, um, we got into the Hartford InsurTech hub over in the US. So, and via that, we were in contact with a whole lot of funds uh, in the US uh, and in particularly in the InsurTech space. Um, and so what, what we started doing is just asking people what they thought that we were worth. Yeah. And so when that started to um, give us a bit of an idea too. Um, and uh, what we found though is that people that were in our industry understood the problem a lot better mm -hmm. and uh, also attributed much greater value to the sort of partnerships that we'd secured. Yep. So um, they knew the magnitude of what, what that meant and what it was worth. I would suggest to um, anyone who's trying to work out evaluation, asking as many people as you can about what they think. And then expecting that the investors are going to tell you it's worth less. They're always going to do that. And I think that if, you, if you're trying to tell somebody that you're worth double what everyone's telling you, then they're going to think you're a bit silly. Um, but if you're going too low, they're also, you're, you're undervaluing yourself. You know, yeah. you don't think you're worth much. So it's a balance. I like that. Ask a lot of people and don't go too low. <laughs> it's good. So obviously Scale is an uh, angel investment network. 
So we provide more than capital, um, even though we did lead this transaction. But what is it that you're looking for from investors at, at this early stage? So we actually um, first approached scale two years ago. Yeah. Just to get an understanding, start to learn and um, just, uh, I guess, in start our visibility, increase our visibility. Um, and one of the key reasons for that is that we're looking to surround ourselves with people that have different skills to ours. So Catherine's got super strong insurance. I've got the construction background. We've both had a lot of corporate governance and um so, but we don't have, say, might be marketing or cyber risk or, you know, a, a variety of things that others could bring. So we see a network like Scale as an opportunity to connect with different skills, people and opportunity. Where do you guys see yourself in, say, the next 12 to 18 months? Next 12 to 18 months, uh, I would say busy. I'm, I'm hoping. <laughs> so very much it's, it, it's about building a credible and capable team. Um, it's about extending the, the technology that we've already built, but it's about embedding ourselves um, firmly in both the Australian, New Zealand and the US markets. And we want to create um, a contractor network globally that um, really loves what they're doing. And would you look to expand beyond the 10,000 range or like, you know, are you looking to um, disrupt any other parts of insurance or? We're always open to it. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. We have a great tool and there's, um, yeah, there's no limitations. And what, what I find really fascinating about uh, technology and certainly about insurance is Insurance always has has a, a multifaceted uh, stakeholder group for anything that you you know from a claimant's perspective all the way through to how you fulfil that, and, and technology can really assist in that space. But if if you can solve the insurance conundrum, then it opens up the opportunity to solve other conundrums that uh, that exist in similar marketplaces. Yeah, like health insurance or. Probably the most, the second most obvious. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> Samar. That's right. Yeah, great. So we like to do this thing at the end of all of our podcasts um, and just have three questions. What have you learned the most about yourself in the last year? That I'm probably more resilient than I thought. Uh, that it's important for me to get uh, headspace and to um, work on filling my own bucket. What do you guys do before you go to sleep? Um, normally have a giggle at the day. <laughs> Usually with a glass of wine. <laughs> Great. And what is your best piece of advice for those wanting to become an entrepreneur? Be ready for it to be all consuming, but uh, recognise that when things are all consuming, they're actually an incredible amount of fun. To have your vision and to just not let anything get in the way of that to just make it your royal shining light that just nothing can get in the way of and stay true to it thank you so much for your time today Catherine and Christy and we wish you all the best have the best time in the US and thank you so much again thank you thanks Samar thank you so much for listening don't forget to subscribe to the pitch to scale podcast and rate and review I find the investors and entrepreneurs I meet so fascinating and learn so much from each and every one of them. If you want to learn more about angel investing, Scale have their very own online education program. You can enroll to the course called Startup Invested, 
made possible by LaunchVeek via our website, scaleinvestors.com.au. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thanks to Buffy Gorilla for her amazing production and the Scale team who make it all possible. See you next week. Thank you.